Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 kslr is proud to feature our church of the week our desire is that you'll get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home here's the host of the church of the week program director of ministry development mark longoria well i sure hope you had a great week we are now in the weekend this is mark longoria director of ministry development here at am 630 kslr You're listening to this program called The Church of the Week, and we are delighted that this week we get an opportunity to have here in studio with us Pastor Jim Ryan. He is the pastor of Westover Hills Assembly of God Church. God bless you, Pastor. Thanks for coming. Oh, it's an honor. Thank you, Mark, and thank KSLR for this invitation. It's my pleasure. All right. Well, we want to let San Antonio know about you, know about the church, everything that God is doing out there. I have heard, I've only been here in San Antonio for about six years. But I have heard the name Westover Hills Assembly God over and over and over again. And uh, I'm just glad that I've had the opportunity finally to meet you in person and learn all about what's going on there. So let's start out with you. What's going on with you? Let, let somebody know uh, about yourself, your family, a little bit about your background. Well, my wife and I moved to San Antonio some 33 years ago. This is home now. Uh, we love San Antonio. We came here to go to college. We ended up staying uh, ended up planning a church, Westover Hills Assembly of God, 26 years ago wow. this month. Uh, we have two daughters, and we can now say we have two grandchildren, and the grandchildren are kind of our life right now. Yeah. That, it's a wonderful <laughs> season uh, to have two grandchildren. Yeah. Now, did you know when you came to San Antonio that you would eventually plant a church here, or were you just coming to be in school and go elsewhere? I'd like to tell you I knew that, but I didn't. Yeah. Uh, my pastor uh, in New Mexico, that's where I was born and raised, and my wife from New Mexico, it's where we married. We were high school sweethearts. Mm-hmm. We dated in high school, married after high school. Uh, but my pastor in New Mexico had attended a Bible college here in San Antonio. And when I felt like the Lord had called me into the ministry, uh, I asked my pastor, My pastor said, well, I went to uh, San Antonio. Why don't you try it? I said, well, we'll try it for a year. We came and we stayed four years and figured after four years of college we'd move on. But it just seemed like it didn't happen that way. We ended up staying. And then in the course of time, uh, working with a couple churches here in San Antonio on staff, we felt like the Lord tugged in our heart 26 years ago to move to northwest San Antonio Mm -hmm. to plant a church. And at that time... It was uh, really not developed. It's not what it is today. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of mushroomed and it's become a fast growing and a burgeoning area. And uh, that's kind of our story. Well, you know, anybody that's been there knows that you've got a beautiful facility. The location's great. I know that you guys have taken sections of, uh, you've purchased sections of uh, property there yes. a little bit at a time. And you great to you get you get to enjoy this uh, this wonderful facility full of wonderful people. And I know you've got another expansion going on that we'll get to in a minute. But I want to rewind, take us back to the beginning, the humble beginnings of 
Westover Hills. How how were how were those days? Tell take us back to those days. Well, they're actually wonderful times. They're great yeah. memories. Sometimes when you're in church planning, what's a wonderful memory uh, later on is a real battle and a struggle at that time. <laughs> we started in a rented facility. Uh, we didn't have much. We rented a didn't have keyboards back then. You had a piano. Yeah. Rented a piano. We borrowed some chairs. Uh, I borrowed a pulpit from a church, asked them if I could use it. They graciously allowed me to do that, and we started having services. We uh, got some used carpet from an old building they were tearing <laughs> down. It is was orange shag wow. carpet. Yeah. We vacuumed it, laid it down, and began to have services. About 40 people initially uh, began to gather and collect with us. About six weeks before the church opened, we knew one family was going to be there. Yeah. About 40 people came uh, initially, and some of them did encourage us. Some were curious or whatever. We appreciated every one of them, and we just began having services. And I, I'm so thankful that God gives you first fruits people. Yes. And there were people that were just, they loved us, they stood by us, uh, they contributed. Some of them didn't stay, but some of them just gave us encouraging words yeah. and would drop an offering, and it meant all the world to us at that particular time. Of course. Uh, this was the first church that we ever pastored. We'd served on staff, but this was the first church we were the pastor at, and we just began to learn and grow, made mistakes, and uh, just did our best in God's grace and the patience and love of a lot of people to see us through those formative years. Now, did you uh, did you go through a steady growth? Because I know that right now you're still growing and having to go through this expansion. Uh, but was it always a steady growth, or were there some bumps along the way, some ups and downs? Um, how did that go for you? Well, there were there were ups and downs. There were uh, some small downs and some big downs and yeah. some big ups. And uh, every one of them was a learning experience. But, no, we have not just always been on a steady growth. Uh, we started the church uh, three and a half years later. The church was 350. But eight years after the church started, we were still 350. Mm-hmm. We hit that point of, of no growth in the church. And I'd like to say it was different. You know, you'd point to this and you point to that. But I probably, in all honesty, it was growth that needed to happen in me mm. during that season. Uh, and God, during that five years of really non-growth in the church, it, it wasn't working on the church. I think God was working on me and forging things. And during a time of, of real personal soul-searching and a time of, I'm just trying to find new direction in my heart. How do I lead a church beyond this? And I, I'd even wondered, God, was this all I could do? Mm-hmm. And I remember praying in the auditorium all alone. And pastors sometimes have to find that all-alone place with yes. the Lord. And I was pacing back up and down, and I just began to repeat this prayer over and over again. And it was this. God, if you ever move again, don't pass me by. Mm-hmm. And I think getting to that point was a point of new surrender. Wow. And the, the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, he said to the prophet, go back, go back to the potter's wheel. 
go back down to the potter's house. And I think there's times God calls us back Mm -hmm. and he reshapes again and he reforms again. And that was where I was at. And when I think God could work on me and I could I could discover a new level of of trust and in the Lord and personal growth and spiritual growth and reprioritized then i think god could release something in the church and the church was a its growth was a product of that so when you when you go through this experience what does the church begin to see in you what do they begin to see in the change of the atmosphere of the church well it's it's probably harder to to uh identify that from the inside out i i'll tell you uh, a, a few thoughts that i have but certainly Others could probably see another perspective on it, maybe even uh, a little clearer, more objective. But I, I think it begins, uh, I think you start laying things on the altar. And, you know, it's it's easy to identify sin and it's easy to identify the work of the evil. It's harder to identify personality. Mm. It's, it's, it's harder to see that in yourself. And when you can, when you can begin to surrender those things to the Lord and God began to unearth uh, your giftings. I think sometimes it's easier to operate on, on talent and in skill and God, God reaches down and he wants to pull the gift out of you. Mm -hmm. And I think it's sometimes hard to discern the difference between what you've learned and what God's gifted you with. He uses both. But I, th- I think he wants to use the gift because when the gift comes out, people know you didn't get that from, from any other source, and then there, the Lord gets the glory for it. Yeah. And I think that's where God wants to get us to, and and you know everyone does that. You know everyone mm-hmm. has that moment that they have to, they have to reprioritize and and reorder things in their life, and that's where it was for me. Yeah. So how do you go out and you cast vision? I mean you. There's a there's been a change in your heart, and uh, you you've had this this new encounter, and you've prayed to prayed to God, don't pass me by. And uh, God hears your cry, and how do you get back up to the pulpit and and begin to relay to the church? There's a there's a switch, there's a transition, there's something that God has done inside of me that's going to have this ripple effect into the com- into to you and into the community. How do you get them on fire with this new fire that you've got inside you? Great great question. I think it's easier to discern between an idea and a passion. And there's some things that, you know, I still have ideas, yeah. but they're optional. You know, those are things you're fleshing out. But something that comes from your soul and your passion, I think people pick that up. Mm-hmm. And I think people recognize that. Um, and that that's that's from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to carry that to your people. And I think people saw that in me. Uh, probably the, the words we would use would be passion and, and hunger for God. Uh, yeah. And then when, when, when you latch on to that, people, people are hungry for God. People want God. And when they see that, they'll say, I'll follow that. Yeah. There's so much work that's got to be done. Um, you know, reminded of what Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Mm. And the uh, last thing we need is just more people that are going to fill a, a seat. We really need people that have the heart of the Lord to go out into the community to really reach more people. 
uh, people that want to be discipled and will in turn disciple other people. And I see, I see a lot of fruit coming out of this ministry, your ministry, that God has given you. Uh, I personally know several people within your congregation that are just, you know, they're just, they're full of the love of Jesus. They're out there. They're reaching out. They're talking to people. Um, they're excited about what's going on in the church. They're always talking about the great things going on in both the English and Spanish services. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the youth, I mean, you guys got a tremendous uh, program out there for the singles. And uh, It's just great to see a vibrant church that's alive and well. I think too many times people have seen, have looked into the church, and they see it dead, they see it religious, they see it very dogmatic, and they're like, ah, why would I want to be a part of that? But when they look at a church like Westover Hills, and they see the life, and they hear the testimonies, and they see what we call people bearing fruit. That They don't know what that is, but they obviously see something that's exciting. It speaks, it speaks volumes. Mm. It says a lot about you and your leadership and what, uh, what you guys have done there. So our hat's off to you. Uh, thank you so much for contributing so much to the kingdom of God and to our community here in San Antonio. Well, thank you very much. You've been listening to uh, Pastor Jim Bryan. He is the uh, pastor over at Westover Hills Assembly of God Church over on the uh, west-northwest side of San Antonio. Uh, if you've ever been out there, you know the facility, and they've got other things coming up that I'm going to be talking about here, or I'm going to let Pastor talk about here in just a little bit. But if you haven't been out there, we invite you to go out there and, uh, and uh, visit them, get to know Pastor Jim Ryan. He's got a great staff of other pastors there that uh, you can also get to know. Westover Hills Assembly of God is located at 9340 Westover Hills Boulevard. Uh, if you want to give them a call and get some clearer directions on how to get there, you can do, do so by calling uh, area code 210-523-1505. And, of course, if you're online or have a smartphone, can get on the Internet really quick, then easily type in the uh, initials for Westover Hills Assembly of God. That is WAG, W-H-A-G dot net, and you can find out all the information about the church there. So, Pastor, you have got some uh, plans going on. I got to tour your facility not too long ago, and uh, Pastor Mark took me around and showed me the different plans and uh, kind of where you guys started out and where you are today and then next, now your next phase. So uh, take us through a little bit of the history of, uh, of the church and, and how you guys began and to, to today. Bring us all the way up. Well, thank you, Mark. Yes, we purchased property in the Westover Hills area. Initially, we purchased three acres we now own 40 acres. Wow. Uh, we are in a building program right now, and I think I calculated the other day we've had four property purchases, and I think we're in our eighth or ninth building program. Mm-hmm. So in 26 years, I've just been buying property and building buildings. Wow. And we're, again, expanding our facilities. We just expanded parking lot. We're building a lobby now. And in just a few months, we start construction on an auditorium expansion, which takes our present auditorium, which seats 1,000 to over 2,200. We'll be finishing that in 2013. Nice. Uh, facilities, to me, um, are just tools. We use them for people. Uh, I, you, can, uh, you can look at buildings two different ways. Uh, we can either try to uh, fill buildings and use people or let God fill people and use buildings. I, I like think that. the latter is better. Yes. <laughs> that we work on the people and focus on the people, and the yes. buildings are, are secondary. I think buildings just follow what we're doing. Um, I do think uh, facilities do speak of a church's heart, what mm-hmm. they invest in, what's, what's a priority to them. For us, honestly, we design everything around the people. That's the most important thing. 
the what we want to celebrate is the stories God is creating, mm -hmm. and the buildings are just a product of that. Um, again, we're expanding our auditorium. We we put a priority on children. Kids are great. Um, they're they're what it's about. Mm -hmm. My goodness, if we can just impact the life of children, to me that's that's the kingdom of God in full potential because those kids will grow up to have Christian families and yes. Christian children. I every time a little boy comes to Christ, here's what I see: that I've given some lady a Christian husband 25 years from hey, now. Hey, that's good. So every time a, uh, a little girl comes to the Lord, I say, I've given a Christian husband, a Christian wife, That's 25 nice. years down All the road. Right. So we, we celebrate that. Uh, young adults as well. Uh, the young adults are important. We're kind of refocusing right now and, and setting a priority on, on the 20s. And that's something the Lord spoke into my heart about a year ago. I felt like the 20s were underrepresented in our church in leadership. Mm. We have a lot, but not in leadership. So we intentionally are trying to give the church away to that generation. And I was reading the book of Numbers, chapter 1, and in the opening chapter it says, And number everyone 20 years of age and older that they might fight for Israel. Mm. And I just, the, I just felt the challenge that the 20s, the 20s, had to be in the forefront of leadership. Yeah. So we're wow. really targeting that right now. So we, we build around families, around, um, around people, around hearts. So the, the, our facilities are, are a product of that. Again, we're in a, in a building program right now. Our next step after we finish the building is we're going to build a sports complex. Nice. Uh, we have property to add uh, we have one softball field now. We're going to add another, and then we want to add um, uh, soccer fields and et cetera. We want that to be the greatest evangelism tool we have. Amen. Is getting people just taking their interest, sports. They love sports, and we want to leverage that as a way to create a conversation with them. As yeah. I told my church, um, if you could get a teenager to come to our campus, for a youth service, and you could get them for one sermon, mm -hmm. for one sermon. That would be great. It's, we'll celebrate that. However, if I can get them on a sports league, I have them for a season. Yeah. And everything a youth pastor would tell them in a sermon, a coach will tell them in a sports, and they'll still accept it. That's good. Goals, priorities, making right decisions, mm -hmm. uh, uh, setting a purpose in your life. Uh, using your life and using your talents the best that that's all preaching material yes it is but they'll take it from a coach wow and they will join yeah. a uh, uh, sports team for a for a league yeah. or for a season and I may only get them one time for a youth pastor for a sermon so we're going to use our sports ministry as our greatest outreach to impact uh, people for Christ that's fantastic I love the fact that you guys are really always looking to to go out there and reach outside of the church, uh, outside of just the church community. I think sometimes uh, as ministers, we get so bogged down with looking and how can I, how, how can I do more for this group of people? And we're so invested in, in this group. And yes, that's good. We're discipling them, but we kind of tend to sometimes uh, be so, mm. uh, so focused on them that we tend to not look beyond the walls. Yeah. And we really need to reach out into the community. We see Jesus doing that all the time. Absolutely. And, and that's one of the reasons why I think student ministries, middle school and high school, and particularly the children, 
are important to us. Mm. What potential? It was a, it was a, a few years back when we were setting some priorities in our ministry, and I, f- I just felt this in my heart to the point of I took it to our church, and we made a decision in a building program to build kids' ministries facilities and student ministries facilities on our campus. And this was this is what I felt in my heart. I just felt like I felt like this was spoken to me. And I, I say that secret place in your heart, not an audible voice in your ears, but that yeah. that secret place in your heart. I heard this so clearly. Invest in those who can't pay you back, and God will pick up the bill. Mm. And that, and that set a priority for us that we have to invest in those who they're not going to pay us back. It's truly a it's truly a, a God investment in them. Mm-hmm. If we will if we will focus on what's close to the heart of God, God will be the sponsor of what we're doing. Amen. So that's that's kind of the conversation at Westover Hills and how we how we prioritize things. Amen. That's awesome. I know we just recently uh, celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Obviously, we do that all the time. But uh, you know, everyone coming together in Easter and doing that, and so I'm sure you guys had tons of things going on. Um, what's coming up? What's coming around the corner? I know that, uh, uh, you know, summer's coming up, so you've got to have some VBS. You've got to have some things going on with, uh, some of the groups for the, I don't know if you guys still have Royal Rangers and, and Missionettes. Is that something still in the Assemblies of God? It's still in the Assemblies. Um, what we have is, uh, we've segued to kind of a different format so that w- for us, we felt like we could, uh, better impact the the children, but we uh, we do a full kids program on Wednesday night. We do uh, five weekend services, four of them in English, one of them in Spanish. Mm-hmm. All the English services are identical. I preach in all of those services Saturday night, three Sunday mornings, and then a Spanish service. I attend. By the way, I attend the Spanish service. And when we started the Spanish church, uh, we hired a Spanish pastor. But I started learning Spanish. Did I'm really? taking Spanish <laughs> classes right now. All right. I should have done it years ago, and I, yeah. I kicked myself from it. But I determined that if we're going to have a Spanish congregation, I want to be able to greet them and pray with them in Spanish. So I'm learning Spanish right now uh, and just doing my. And the people are so patient with yeah. me if I don't conjugate everything right. But they they love me anyway. Yeah. But but that's a wonderful experience. Uh we, again, we have a Wednesday uh, program. We wow, we have we just have life on our campus. To me, uh, every service we do, it should be producing life, and I, I think that's the bottom line. If it goes in the service, it has to produce life. If it's not producing life, it's not on my platform. because yeah. we we should be in the business of producing life. Uh, that's right. We are we're really gearing up for our building program. I think that's probably the conversation and the focus right now as we're about to finish our new lobby and in just a few months go into our auditorium expansion. And during that auditorium expansion, we're moving the adults in the gym, and we're we're kind of doing all of that in this construction phase. So we're we're going to try to get through that, and then yeah. in about uh, about a year, move back into our auditorium. Well, as you as you continue to grow into the, in the thousands, you're already in there. But as you continue to grow even more, what how how do you um, how do you keep that home feel? How do you stay approachable? I mean, I know it's impossible to shake three thousand hands or so at the end of uh, you know every service, uh, but uh, or collectively. But um, how do you how do you keep that home feel? Because I've heard people say, well, you know, I just don't want to be part of a big church because you kind of just blend in and 
no one misses you and there's no relationships formed. So you really have to be determined and intentional. Intentional. Yes, and that's always a, that's always a challenge uh, for for any church to to be able to do that. You you want to be real with people. Every pastor yeah. does. I every pastor they're not interested in just in a sermon. They're interested in change lives. Yes. Uh, for us at Westover Hills, we we feel like one way we deliver that is through our small group ministry. I I just tell people in our church that it's not until you join a small group does the church become a family? Mm. It's there you celebrate birthdays yeah. and your stories and you pray for one another. So small group or ministry groups are very important to us, and we try to keep that in the forefront of what we're doing. But but also uh, what we do is we just try to create the culture of that in our church. I am I'm kind of by nature uh, a people person. Mm. I like to be with people, but... After service, before the next service starts, I'm with the people. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, I, uh, you can't shake everyone's hand, but as many people as I can get around to and share with and pray with, I try to do that. And honestly, I'm, I'm more of a hugger. I just, I, <laughs> that, that's who I am. Yeah. And uh, we, just, we just value the people because I think that's what it's all about that's is right. the people. That's right. Well, Pastor, in these, uh, this closing minute, I want you to just get on the microphone and just extend an invitation. I know that on behalf of KSLR, we want to make sure that people know that you're, you're there, your church is there, and we want to invite them to go out there. But why don't you, as the senior pastor of the church, do that? Well, Mark, again, I want to thank you and KSLR for this opportunity. And just I extend our heart and welcome to everyone in San Antonio to come join us. There are many great churches in San Antonio. Please know there are many great churches of different faiths, and they're all doing a great job. And and we're just thrilled to be a part of the, the faith community, the Christian community in San Antonio. Westover Hills Assembly of God, we just open our hearts and doors to you. Uh, again, we have uh, five weekend services Saturday night, and we have four Sunday services where our Spanish service is at 2 p.m. And we're just thrilled. That church is a year and a half old and running 550 people and doing wonderful. And they've been such a blessing to our our fellowship. And I just extend an invitation for you to join us. Uh, if you come, make sure you step forward and speak to me and greet me. I'm always on the front row. Denise and I, my wife, uh, sits right by me. Uh, we'd be glad to greet you and speak to you individually. And we just uh, extend that opportunity. At Westover Hills, we say we're all about four, th- uh, four words, two statements. We're about making new and making great. Making new, bringing people to Christ, making great, taking people into a, a faith walk that's exciting, growing, and dynamic, and uh, is life-changing. So we're in the making new and making great business, and uh, we just say God bless you to San Antonio, and again, God bless KSLR and Mark for the opportunity. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Pastor. We pray uh, blessings over you, your family, and your church as well. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you've got a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church If you would like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com.